Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 295. My name is Adam Patterson. I'm joined today by Kevin Rakestraw. How are you, Kevin? I am doing okay. That's great to hear. This week, we'll be talking about Boots Riley's Sorry to Bother You, along with someone watching on the watch list, and this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. First... I'm excited to announce that the first episode of our new podcast, Saved by the 90s, will be out tomorrow, Tuesday. Whoa. I'm, I mentioned it last week, but if you didn't tune in, myself and Film Pulse contributor Ken Bakley have a new monthly show where we take a deep dive into the 90s and all the pop culture surrounding it and the <laughs> movies that shaped that pop culture. Okay. So it's very, very exciting stuff. Gotcha. We're going to be releasing the first episode on this feed, so you'll be able to hear it um, pop up, but it'll also be on its own feed, so be sure to subscribe and give us some love on iTunes when it drops tomorrow. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at 90sPod, and once the episode launches, we'll have a dedicated page on filmpulse.net as well. Yeah, very exciting stuff. I'm already, we're already into the next episode. We're already. Are, are you recording it right now? <laughs> yes, as we speak. Are you simultaneously doing two? Yep. That'd be wild. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. Wow. Unbelievable. All right, let's jump into today's review. We're talking about Sorry to Bother You. This is written and directed by Boots Riley, and we have a clip. Let's take a listen. You want to make some money here? Then read the script with a white voice. When people say I talk with a white voice anyway, so why ain't it helping me out? Well, you don't talk white enough. I'm not talking about Will Smith's wife. I'm talking about the real deal. Like this young blood. Hey, Mr. Kramer. This is Langston from Regal View. <laughs> I didn't catch you at the wrong time, did I? In an alternate present-day version of Oakland, telemarketer Cassius Green discovers a magical key to professional success, propelling him into a macabre universe. Now, I've already made my thoughts pretty clear about this movie. I have a review up on the site right now. So we'll start it with you, Kevin. What did you think of Sorry to Bother You? Uh, man, this is... It's definitely a debut. You know that. You can definitely tell, because it's, it's, uh, it's a bit spotty. There's there's some really good stuff in here, and there's also just some really some some things that are the opposite of that that are just really bad, and uh, and I think it has trouble with that balance, especially towards the beginning. And a lot of for me, like a lot of the uh, some of the I would say kind of dumb attempts at humor were just uh, they were rough, they were rough to to, to sit through, but. Uh, like the core of it, like the core message of the movie, like what it's going for. I think that that works really, really well. And then it just unfortunately got adorned with all these other trinkets that that don't work. Mm. So mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. it was a bit of a frustrating experience, especially like a good portion of like the beginning, like the the build up of this movie is to me just like the pacing felt really off and for what it purported to be is it just felt it felt really lifeless at times which was unfortunate 
and kind of bizarre. Lifeless. Hmm. But, Interesting. But but when it kind of like when it got focused on its main, you know, its main storyline, I thought that's when it worked really really well. Yeah. But the the stuff to like to get there to get to that point was just a little a little off for me. I see. Uh, so I'm three weeks removed from this now. So forgive me if I don't remember certain details with it, but I loved this movie. I thought, uh, I thought it was, it was just, it was my kind of oddball humor and all of the comedy mostly worked for me. Even the stuff that happens, cause everybody's talking about like what happens in this movie towards towards the end i mean it takes a pretty pretty hard right turn at at one point and and shit gets a little crazy and even that stuff because as i was watching it i was thinking to myself well this is you know there's there's some interesting kind of visual gags that are happening here they're kind of fun and there's some kind of weird awkward stuff that's happening but this isn't anything that's too out there and then Something happens and you're just like, okay, all right, here we go. <laughs> there it is. Now, now, now we're getting into it. <laughs> I got you now. I and even, even that stuff uh, worked for me. I thought that I loved a lot of the visual gags that happened in this. Like when he first got the job and was like plopping down into like the living rooms and kitchens of people and stuff as he's struggling to sell them. It was encyclopedias. Yeah, they, yeah. Just how they how he they handled that visual, and then there's one scene when so he he starts to after he develops his his white voice, who is uh, voiced by David Cross, by the way, which was incredible. He starts making a lot of money and starts moving up within the company and. There's this scene where he moves out of his apartment and the way that they showed that where he was like upgrading his apartment, I, I've loved that scene, how they showed everything like kind of splitting apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was awesome. I do. I, I did really appreciate the way they handled the visuals. I thought it was uh, pretty inventive. Definitely gave you the, uh, which they even, even kind of makes a nod to like the, the Gondry style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they, when they do the that uh, was it the corporate video or whatever. Yeah. Like explaining their their thing that they're doing, which was bizarre. Because when I was with you too, where I'm like, number one, I didn't really, I didn't know entirely what this movie was going to be about, um, and like the stuff with the with labor. You know, up until that point, you're just kind of like, okay, yeah, it's this is good, but it doesn't really seem that that biting, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it uh, it definitely changes. <laughs> it gets, yeah, <laughs> definitely, uh, it definitely shifts gears, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this this is this is something now. Now we have now, something going on. Now we're getting into some some bizarre territory. Yeah. Here, uh, I mean the the movie did remind me of uh, something that that Quentin Dupio would would think up, 
maybe maybe a little less obtuse than Dupio's work, except for oh, towards yeah, the yeah. end. Yeah. Uh, with with Dupio's work, it I feel like a lot of times he just puts in strange things that don't really pertain to the theme of the movie. He just thinks it'll look cool or be funny and yeah. th- throws it in there. Whereas most of the, the weird elements, the sort of absurdist elements of this movie all had, they were all sort of grounded in, into the, what the theme of the film is, yeah. you know, sort of this, this glorious takedown of, of corporate yeah, Culture. and it just, it just kind of it's it's all grounded, yet it's just kind of pushed to the extreme and, and kind of made ridiculous. I loved Lakeith Stanfield and Tessa Thompson in this. I love them in pretty much everything I see them in. I think that they are definitely uh, favorite up and coming actors. I think Lakeith Stanfield is so good in Atlanta, and even in that shitty. Death Note movie that came out on Netflix last year, he was the only like saving grace of that of that yeah. film. No, he definitely elevates anything that he's in. And it, the, this is what the, I mean. I didn't have necessarily have an issue with this movie because I understand the point of it and it, it needed to be done. But it was a little bit uh, irritating and or frustrating that. Uh, there's a good section of this film where he's not him and it's just, it, it's the white voice all the time. And it's just like, God damn it. I don't yeah, want to so, hear, I don't want to hear David Cross. I want to keep standing. Yeah. I mean, after, so like after he gets his big promotion upstairs, they require all of their black employees to use their white voices at all times. Yeah. So his white voice just starts to take over and he starts using it sort of unconsciously using his white voice, even outside of work. And I did love how the other white voice was Patton Oswald. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. The music was excellent as well. I was a big fan of the the score and the soundtrack used yeah, yeah i didn't I, know that like tune yards does the majority yeah. of this i expected with it being boots riley I, I expected to like the soundtrack but this is one that i don't know if it's out yet i don't think the soundtrack's out yet they released the single from it but i don't know if like the full soundtrack is out yet but i could definitely see myself listening to this regularly and that's not something i do too too much with movie soundtracks but i was really into the soundtrack to this and army hammer as steve lift a uh, great villain uh i loved his character i did love the uh the the downstairs behind the mm-hmm. the violet door I, the, the, everything between those two was pretty great and uh did you know that uh lyrics born is in this no, I don't think so. Yeah, apparently he was one of the game show contestants. Oh, huh. Didn't recognize him. Uh, Robert Longstreet. Yeah, he's, he's pretty great. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Michael Summers. I just re- 
pretty much everyone's great. I just remembered the uh, the the passive aggressive escalation between um, Lakeith Stanfield and uh, Jermaine yes. Fowler. When- <laughs> They're talking about how good each other smell. This is so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> when he asked him well, what kind of cologne he has on, he said, I'm just wearing deodorant. <laughs> Uh, I was, uh, yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of the funniest films that I've seen this year. Uh, I'll actually be talking about another one of the funniest films that I've seen this year later on in this, in this, uh, show. But this Ooh. one, this one was definitely up there for me. I was just laughing and laughing and laughing and, uh, I, I should just get the chuckle it up. Here yeah. Recently, yeah. Huh? Well, that's good. You didn't, you didn't find it funny. You didn't find yourself laughing. No, I did. I did. There was, but there was also, um, <clears throat> like I said at the outset, is there. There were some attempts in there that just, oh man, they were, they were cringy. They I don't think everything. Rough. Yeah, I mean, just, I don't think everything worked. Not all the jokes landed, but it's just it's you know it's it's all over the place. You got some really really good stuff, and then you know you have, uh, you know, Kate Bryant typing in 139 numbers on a keypad. Like, that uh, made me laugh. I admit. I admit. Why? I thought that was funny. <laughs> why? why? I don't understand this constant idea of, like, let's just do something for a really long time. I think if... And then there's some of the Danny Glover stuff, like when they're out, they're talking about dancing, and it's, uh, it's just a lot of stuff that just felt completely unnecessary and just kind of tacked on kind of bloated it up a little bit i like danny glover saying fuck a whole lot in this movie (laughs) Mm -hmm. i think he drops the f-bomb more than i've ever heard him drop it before yeah yeah he's i think he it's funny because i think he does have the filthiest mouth in this movie it's danny glover (laughs) which is interesting i like that choice that's a good choice something tells me they did that on purpose yeah, I love that. I liked, uh, T- Terry Crews is in this as Sergio. I'm sure you all saw him in the trailer. I wanted more of him. I wanted I wanted more of uh, Sergio in it because I'm a big yeah. fan of Terry Crews. But yeah, I uh, overall, I, I really love this movie. I think, you know, it, it sort of upsets me when I see people comparing it to Get Out for some reason. Like I've, I've seen <laughs> multiple <almost> articles... <laughs> Saying like, sorry to bother you, is this year's Get Out and like Get Out I, of 2018, and I'm I, like, what? How? I mean, what I love, I love it because I think it's based on two things. One is obviously that it's black people, it's like yeah. <laughs> so mostly for, for the most part, I think it's come that like these people have not seen. Other films with black people, so they're just like, oh yeah, it's like that other <laughs> it's one. Like that that other one. It's like that <laughs> other mainstream <laughs> black people movie. <laughs> God. Yeah, and then I think the like the only similar that maybe confuses them is the whole like in the basement with rooms, and there's a, like a discovery because that felt like kind of familiar. A little, you know, where he goes that he goes into the he goes into the olive room instead yeah. of the jade room. And it's like that's that's the only because they're they're about like two completely different things. 
they're not like each other I, at all. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways, the themes in Sorry to Bother You can be universal themes. I mean, in this specific in this oh, yeah. specific movie, like yeah, exactly. In this specific movie, we have a black protagonist, and obviously, a a black person in this same environment is going to have it harder than a white person. But by and large, you know this this movie is sort of a takedown of of corporate culture and sort of poking fun at how ridiculous all of that is. Which, which it, it was really good getting to watch this because just recently, because he, and he, you kind of made my face twitch a little bit with that corporate that to go through that where we were discussing our corporate culture. Yeah, and it's just it's such a weird way of thinking about things. It is so bizarre. It's so weird. It is, and I think that uh, I, th- I think that Boots <laughs> Riley attacked it in a in a really funny, meaningful way, and that's another reason that I just enjoyed this movie so much. And I want it to succeed. I'm glad that it had multiple expansions, and it's going to get an international release, and it seems to be doing very well. Uh, I mean, my f- my Twitter feed is pretty much nothing but this movie. Yeah, which and that was another thing. Where, like, that's been for what? That it feels like it's been for like the last eight months, where that's all you see. And, you know, it was finally like, oh, it's opening up wide. And I was like, yes, finally getting sorry to bother you. Gonna be able to engage with everyone else that's already gotten to see this movie like three times. It's finally coming to me. And it didn't until the weekend after which I was really happy about. But I, I, there's still something about that that really, really bothers me. Where there's, it's like there's limited release and then there's the opening wide. And I'm still not even a part <laughs> of those two things. I mean, <laughs> I'm in the trickle down of opening wide. Yeah, I get it's It's like a, a lot it's of these really movies do like these kind of staggered releases where they'll open limited and then they'll open up in some markets and then depending on how good it does they open up in additional markets yeah but i guess in the first two weeks it did i mean i i know that it did really well in the first two weeks and that's why this past weekend it got into like a thousand more theaters or something so it's 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 been doing really well and i mean it's which is surprising and delightful that a movie like this can make it to you know lancaster county pennsylvania like that that yeah. in and of itself i think is is a big win but it's also really weird in knowing what the movie's about now and beforehand not really knowing what it was about and just seeing the like the complete onslaught of advertising and such and then to find out what the movie's about it's just it's really weird yeah it's uh it doesn't it doesn't seem like it would work does <laughs> it's, it no it's just really bizarre to me like i don't know how it's I, how I like know. how this is a thing <laughs> it's just well, too, for like Boots probably to be like to make a film about this, but then at the same time using 
the avenue. You know, it's 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 a it's a tricky, complicated world we live in. I love it. I th- I think that a movie like this that can get wide mainstream appeal and gets a wide release. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like we're going back because I mean, movies like this, they used to release movies like this in theaters. Uh, I I think I don't know if it's on the 90s podcast that I was talking about this, but we're talking about how like at one point they would like porn movies would get wide releases, you know, so yeah, so it's just things have been very sterilized over the last few decades. I just hope, uh, you know, I hope unions, you know, gain in popularity. That'd be nice. I doubt that. I, uh, I really hope. I hope that I hope that at least, you know, one person in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, saw this movie and was like, you know what? I think unions are cool and good. That'd be, that's a success right there. Are you in a union? Is it? Are you? No, no, no. <laughs> Much too just mad. Like I no no. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on? Sorry to bother you. I know it's always a sore subject. I don't want to talk I, about it anymore. Let's talk about. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell that the, that the, your lack of union cred. <laughs> I'm definitely excited for more Boots Riley. You know, yeah, I mean, even it, it, it's as as choppy as I thought it was. Uh, it's definitely promising. Yeah, I mean, you and I were big fans of the coup from way back. So, yeah, I think I might have to. I think I might have to start listening to the coup. Yeah, again. I. Uh, I mean, th- this movie definitely sparked an interest in me to to re-listen to some of their albums, and I've been really enjoying it going back party music ah oh man i had to get some uh lyrics born too i kind of forgot about his music hell yeah all right so what are you gonna give sorry to bother you out of 10 i give it like a seven seven out of ten all right again my review's up on the site you can read it i give it a nine definitely one of my favorites of the year so far. And that was actually upgraded. Uh, my original review, I gave it an eight and a half and like two weeks later, I ended up bumping it up to a nine because it was just a movie that I couldn't get out of my head. And I find myself wanting to go to the theater again and rewatch it. And so that was kind of like a stealth bump. Yeah. You just went back, bumped it. Didn't no fanfare or nothing. Yeah, yeah. I just did it. Bumped just it. did it on my own. It's, nice. I don't know if I've ever. I m- might have done that once or twice before, but yeah, it's something that I very rarely do. I'm, That's good. I've never bumped like a movie that. down either. Because I think at that point you're just like, I, I just want to forget about it. Yeah, but. At least that's how I am. Not, not even if I hate some, it's like I just I want to put it behind me. And I want to move on with my life, just moving forward. Yeah, this one, this one lingers though. That's the thing. That's that's how I knew it was something special. It stayed with me. I had to go back and bump it. So that's sorry to bother you. Let's talk about someone watching on the watch list. 
I got a ton of stuff. I will keep it. Oh, I'm gonna keep it concise. But there are a few titles that I saw in the past couple weeks that I just have to, I have to talk about because right. in the past three three weeks, I think I've seen three movies that will certainly go in my top ten, maybe even near the top yeah. okay. of my top ten. Nice. So the first one that I'll mention is Eighth Grade. This is right. the one directed by Bo Burnham. Okay. Okay. It's his debut. It's uh, it's a coming of age story about a 13 year old girl who is completing her. She's finishing up eighth grade, getting ready to go into high school. And it's just about her, her adolescence and her struggles with fitting in. And she's very, very, very shy. She's very awkward. And out of all of the like, coming of age comedies that I've seen. This one feels so real to me. And obviously I didn't grow up as a 13 year old girl, but a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that happens to her uh, is definitely stuff that I'm familiar with and stuff that I was dealing with back then. And it's incredibly funny. I mean, one of the funniest movies of the year to me, but I'm, I'm a fan of kind of awkward humor. A lot of people can't stand the cringy, you know, moments of, of, of movies and TV shows that, that do that. But for me, I was, I was fully on board with this, uh, excellent movie. Are you a fan of, What's his Bo, Bo Burnham? Bo Burnham. Uh, Are you a fan of him to begin with? I I can't say yes or no because I don't know. I maybe I caught one of his specials at some point, but I can't say as I'm super familiar with his uh, his stuff. Yeah, because because I don't know how I feel about this movie. Where because I think like a couple of years ago, it seemed like everyone was really into Bo Burnham, so I, I decided to to check it out. Let's check out Bo, and oh man, I could not stand him. Yeah, he's a he's a YouTuber. He became famous from YouTube, and then after after he blew mm-hmm. up on YouTube, he started doing live shows and things, and then started getting like Netflix specials and stuff. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel necessarily like his his stand up. It's um. It's just really good. I mean, it's it's heartfelt. I, I might have even liked this more than than Ladybird, which you know there there's definitely some shared themes happening in both films. But mm-hmm. this this one, uh, the the lead Elsie uh, Fisher, she's so great, and it's light, it's fun, but it's uh, it's very heartfelt too. So I would highly recommend checking out eighth grade. It's playing in limited release right now. I saw Annihilation. Oh yeah, the new the Alex Garland. I I saw that. I saw that. It's got a screaming skull bear. Yeah, it's got skull bear and it screams, which was that was kind of wild. There's a couple other wild things in there, and there's also just a lot of dumb shit. Just really poor writing. 
like I like this. I love this movie, like the idea that's behind this, kind of the premise and the visuals that go along with that premise. But then like the actual writing of it, of the movie, uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know if, if there was just some misconnection between the great idea and then the actual like script of it. Cause there's like, a, there's a huge Cause this movie is just really dumb in terms of writing. And just a lot of the dialogue is just really stupid. Mm. And uh, it's, it's a weird one because on one hand, there's stuff about this that I just like, I love. And I, but I think that ultimately, like, I love the idea of what this movie could be because a lot of what it actually is, I hate a lot. Mm -hmm. And it just, it pissed me off because it's right there. It's right fucking there. You could make something unbelievable. And, and, uh, they didn't. And it bothers me. Oh, I'm sorry you didn't like it. I, I really enjoyed yes. Annihilation. Yeah, Annihilation. Oh, I wish I was I wish it was you. Yeah, I thought it was pretty uh pretty solid. Let's see. Is, uh... I saw Oh man. I'm covering like three film film festivals right now, so I saw <laughs> I saw so much stuff over the last couple weeks. I saw Unfriended Dark Web. This is the, oh, yeah. the sequel. Uh, yeah. I I enjoyed this. I actually liked it more than the original. Uh, I, nice. I actually wasn't a huge fan of the of the first one. Uh, I thought it was okay. Uh, I know that I know that you were pleasantly surprised by the uh, first yeah. one. I was I'm pretty excited for this one. So this one is a little bit it's a little bit different. It, it's the same style, meaning that it's all done on a computer. So the whole thing is uh, from the perspective of uh, a computer. And they they sort of double down on how like technically accurate this is. Everything is done in real time using real websites and real software. And it looks, it's just so, that added bit of realism makes the film so immersive. But then on top of that, this one uh, throws the whole supernatural element out of it. So it's all mm -hmm. grounded in reality. So Which sounds more terrifying. when these people are getting killed, it's by people breaking into their homes and killing them. Or okay. other things happen too, but I won't give anything away. Uh, because of that, there's this level of dis just, just how disturbing it is. And there was one death scene in particular that I, again, won't spoil, that really disturbed me. Like, I was sitting in the theater watching this and I'm like, oh my God. Like, it's not even particularly gruesome or overly violent. But it really affected me in just how real it felt and how it was sort of it, what happens is it was sort of ripped from the headlines. So they sort of I was going to say someone gets swatted. It, they sort of I'm not going to say anything, but <laughs> they sort of take elements of 
things that have happened in real life and put them into this movie. And it makes you feel like, holy shit, that could happen to me at any moment for any reason. And that's where the horror elements come from in this movie. It's not, it's not any more violent than the first one. It's not they're like they do the same thing as in the first one. If you remember, like they sort of cut away or the video glitches out right when somebody's about to have a violent end. Yeah. They do the same thing in this one. So you never really see anybody have like their the, the, the one was it Terry in the first one when he had his hand in the blender and stuff like that. Like yeah. they they mask a lot of the most violent stuff but for now, in a lot of ways it's more disturbing because they mask it yeah now the other interesting thing i heard about this is that what there's two different endings i don't know and you never you, yeah you don't know which one you're going to get oh i don't know i went to a press screening so i don't know if maybe the ending that i saw was different than that's whatever i you know i can't confirm but that's what I've heard. Hmm. That's interesting. I'll, I'll look into that. That is interesting. Yeah, well, I was not aware of that. They didn't even tell us that. They, I feel like that's something they should have told us when we went into <laughs> it. Because <laughs> I would have included that in my review. I wrote a review for this. and I mean, it could also be like an elaborate ruse where it was like just two people online that made it a joke. that They were like, yeah, there's two, two fucking storylines to it. And I never looked into it further. And I'm just like, yeah. Do you know that the, the new unfriend <laughs> stating it as fact? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know, man. That's it's another. It's, a, it's another part of the movie. Definitely something to look into. I mean, if you liked the first one, I think that this one is better. Uh, there, there's a really interesting dynamic where the sort of the lead protagonist, his girlfriend, is deaf, and he is developing an app for her that can uh, translate typed words into sign language like american sign language and which is actually a kind of a cool idea for an app and then on top of that so they find out that you know this is his girlfriend and they start to go after her but the fact that she can't hear plays into some of the uh the horror elements as well (laughs) overall really solid uh, it gets a little loosey goosey with how things work technically towards the end. Things things start to fall apart a little bit as far as the the technical accuracy. But by then, you know the action's ramping up, and you're not really concerned about that so much. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend checking out Unfriended Dark Web. I I'm sure that for some people they won't be as affected by it as, as me, someone who works in the technical field, but yeah, I found it really, really disturbing in a good way though. Yeah. A good good kind of disturbing. Uh, I saw Sally Potter's the party. All right. Um, Now this great cast, tons of people, Bruno Gantz, Trisha Clarkson, Timothy Spall, Kristen Scott Thomas. Number one, it's a dinner party movie, which already got kind of, you know, reluctant with the whole dinner party thing. Kind of played out for me. 
and uh and guess what it's uh infidelity plays a role so there you go you know someone finds out then it's the whole you know people are just arguing with each other and it's it's just it's it's so boring it was just awful it's just not interesting in any way shape or form i mean the performances are pretty good like patricia clarkson um specifically is really great in it but it's just it it feels like i've seen this movie like 57 times before i mean mercilessly it's it's short it's only an hour and 11 minutes but for fuck's sake it's just you know upper middle class people having affairs and then being upset about it Mm. and just who fucking cares no one cares. Shut up. Yeah, th- you know? this does not appeal to me. I, I, I remember seeing a trailer <laughs> for this. I guess it was last year. It's just... <clears throat> and it's funny because it's starting and it's like, you know, Timothy Spall's character makes uh, two, you know, he discloses two things, two secrets, you know, and the first one comes to you relatively towards the beginning and I'm like, okay. Because I... Knowing that bit of information, I was like, eh, it better not be having a fucking affair. Please don't be having a fucking affair. So when the first one comes out, you're like, okay, I mean, that's it's better. It's better. But then the second one comes out, and you're like, god damn, it's a fucking affair. Yeah. I knew it. It's like, I wish they would have just told me from right from the outset, because then I would have knew to avoid it. <laughs> uh, and that's the party. Of Awful. Avoid. Uh, one that you should not avoid is blind spotting. I was able to check this out yesterday. Blind spotting is definitely one of my top movies of the year, without a doubt. It is, uh, it somehow strikes this amazing balance between comedy and suspense. And it's just handled so well. Uh, I loved almost everything about this movie performances, the, uh, David Diggs and uh, Raphael Cassell were awesome in this. And uh, I pretty much loved everything about this movie. I wanted to see this at Sundance. And unfortunately, I freaking scheduling conflicts came up and I wasn't able to see it. But I'm glad that I saw it now in the theater because it's definitely going to be one that people talk about on when it comes to like top 10 lists and stuff, because it is incredible. And I think that you'll be a big fan of this one as well, Kevin. Hmm. It, yeah, I saw the, uh, saw some, uh, trailers for this. It's pretty good. Yeah. Definitely interesting. It, so it's, it's about this. Uh, so David Diggs plays this guy who is on his last three days of, of probation before he, he gets off and is, is a free man and can, move outside of his like little restricted area. And he works with his, his best friend played by uh, Raphael Cassell as a moving, they work for a moving company. It's just about him sort of trying to get by these last three days, but then he witnesses uh, a cop shooting an unarmed black man. And that kind of messes with his head, but there's a lot more going on in this, movie than that it's not just about that it's about it's about a whole lot more and uh i think it's surprisingly funny like there's a lot of kind of comedic elements to it and there's 
there's like kind of some surreal moments too, where there's like this, like, like he'll be rapping sometimes and it almost feels like I was, I was wondering that like in the trailer, I'm, it's just like my ears perked up a little bit. I'm like, is he, is he rapping yeah. or is it just kind of like happenstance that the things are rhyming? No, he, yeah, he's rapping and, and it, it's not, I mean, the movie's not a musical or anything like that, but it, from time to time, they, he will like speak in rhymes and it, it, it works really wonderfully well in this. It doesn't happen a lot. It's only a couple times, but it it's very effective when it plays. So, yeah, blind spotting. If that's in theaters now. It came out this weekend in limited release. So, definitely, nice. definitely check it out. I got two things, and then I'm done. One is I rewatched Jaws because I rewatch Jaws every yep. year. You do summertime Jaws Big- watch. Oh my god. Fuck. Jaws, fucking love it. I love Jaws so much. I don't. I, I just. I have so much fun watching Jaws. I don't know what it is, but it's it. Like experience wise, like to me, it's not the best movie, obviously, but I don't know what it is. Like the actual experience of watching it is like the most fun that I that I have with the movie. And I, I don't. It's it's weird. I don't know what it is exactly. It's the allure of Jaws, man. It's just, it's such a fucking watching Jaws. Jaws is a masterpiece. Fucking love watching it. I I still always get sad about the end, but I love that movie. Mm -hmm. I just wish they didn't kill the shark. It bums me out. Yeah. Uh, One of the, I just, this happened, this is the first time I ever saw this trailer that I just want to point out, which is that new Bradley Cooper movie that A Star is Born. Yeah. Which it looks, oh my God, it looks so, so bad. It looks so awful. <laughs> but I, I did not know that this motherfucker, for that trailer, like the first title card thing is like from director Bradley Cooper, which I don't know what it is. That pisses me the fuck off. Like, no one knows you as a director. No one, like, ever refers to you as director Bradley Cooper. Like, that's just such a shit thing to do. It just pisses me off. And then on top of it, the movie looks so unbelievably terrible. It's just the whole thing just pissed me off. Yeah, I think this is, like, the third or fourth remake of that movie, of that story. I, I just, the, the audacity... To be like from director Bradley Cooper. No one fucking knows you as a director. What if it just said from Bradley Cooper? Directed by Bradley Cooper. It's just the, you know, the cockiness of it all. Just it, uh, and it it could I could I could understand it or at least uh, it wouldn't bother me as much if it was like an original idea that he came up with. You know, like. It was something that he wrote and he directed yeah. and you're like, wow, okay, this is from him. But it's not even original. Right. No, I I, I agree. I think it looks bad. I mean, the, the whole from director Bradley Cooper didn't really register with me, but <laughs> the, the movie itself, uh, when I saw the trailer for the first time, I thought, nope, <laughs> like that's not for me. But yeah. yeah. Ugh. 
I guess I'll save some of my other stuff for for next week. I've been covering Fantasia Fest in Montreal, and I've I've been watching uh, a lot of interesting movies. Uh, been some some good, some some bad, some some definitely worth mentioning. So I'll go over those next week. I guess um, maybe I'll mention I saw Madeline's Madeline. This is directed by Josephine Decker. Uh, now, I know you're a big fan, or you're a relatively big fan of hers, right? No. I, her first two movies were... <laughs> okay. Things I liked about things I didn't. I'm, I am definitely excited for this movie, though. Uh, this one seems more, more in tune with what you're into. However, I think that some of the hang-ups that I had with it, uh, I... I think that you'll probably have as well mostly being the uh the um the, the dancing like the uh uh the performance art aspect of it because that's a huge part of this movie where there's just long scenes of like interpretive dance and performance art which I'm not really into yeah, and so there was a little bit of a barrier to entry with this. Um, it's also ultimately a film about mental illness, which again, I usually don't feel too positively about movies about mental illness for some reason. I've talked yeah. about that before on the show, and uh, so so yeah, there were. It's not that the movie's bad. The movie's actually very well made. It's just that there were several factors that made me personally not that into it. And I was really excited to see this. Uh, but yeah, it just it didn't work for me 100%. But again, I will say that there were, there were a lot of things about this movie that, that did work. And I mean, it looked gorgeous. I liked some of the kind of uh, surreal, almost surreal imagery that that uh, that Josephine Decker employs in this. But oh, and also Helena Howard, the the uh, the star, she's incredible. Like mark my words, this this young woman will she's going to go on to do amazing things. We're going to see her in a Marvel movie in just a few years time. I can almost guarantee it because she is award award worthy performance. She is so good. That's a bummer that that's like the thing now though. It's like, if anyone's too good, it's like Marvel's going to snatch him up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Kidnapping fucking yeah. everybody. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So anyway, that's uh, Madeline's Madeline. That comes out. Uh, I don't even know. August 10th. All right, let's talk about some new releases. Uh, theaters this week, we have Mission Impossible Fallout. Damn. Did you see the... First of all, like how many of these Mission Impossibles have you seen? Have you seen any of them? I saw one. I do feel... I think I might do that shortly, is watch the other ones. They're actually pretty good. So this one doesn't appeal to me but I, I don't know i don't think the last one did either and i really enjoyed it so we'll see how this one goes i might check it out we got teen titans go to the movies wait so it's just them going to the movies i guess i don't know okay it looks very 
meta. So, and I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that show. So I'll, I don't like the animation style, so I'll be skipping that one. It's a little too kiddie for me. Just not quite, not quite my taste. Gotcha. We got Hot Summer Nights. That's the one with uh, Tim- Timothy Chalamet. Where he's a drug dealer. I think that that came out on DirecTV a couple weeks ago, but now it's getting a, I guess, a release in theaters. No, thank you. No, I'm not too interested in that one either, actually. I might give it a look on VOD or Netflix whenever it hits there. We got Puzzle. I think that's a romantic comedy. We got Good Manners. This is one that I kind of forgot about i can't remember what festival oh yeah that movie that's finally coming out yeah i can't remember i saw it at a festival but <laughs> for the life of me i cannot remember i think you which I think, one i think it was new directors new films yeah yeah i think you're right it also, i think it also played like 50 other festivals though pretty interesting werewolf movie actually we don't get a lot of those and this is definitely a new take on the werewolf genre, to be nice. sure. We got The Captain. Uh, this one I'm uh, very excited about. I mean, I already saw it, so I'm excited for other people to see it. Okay. And I hope that people will enjoy this one as much as I did. What if they don't? I mean, that's okay, too. All right. That's good. It's not a big deal, but I, I was really impressed with The Captain. I thought it was pretty spectacular. Black, black and white World War II movie. It tells this crazy true story about this um, deserter in the German army who finds a Nazi captain's uniform and puts it on and takes on the persona of a captain and essentially fools everyone around him into thinking that he is actually a captain, even though he's this like 20-year-old deserter. Huh. It's very crazy. Wow, that sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, it's it looks gorgeous. It has this really dark sense of humor to it. And they, they go to some really interesting places. But being that it is a World War II film, there certainly are some difficult to watch moments in it. I can but uh, d- definitely recommend it. I think I have a review for that up on the site. We got Scotty and the secret history of the titles cut off Hollywood. <laughs> Scotty and the secret history of Hollywood. This is a documentary about this uh, male escort in Hollywood who he was like the escort of the stars. Okay. Like he, his clients were very wide ranging and he had both male and female clients so a lot of secrets probably then yeah it's it's a little bit of a scandalous documentary Ooh, got our house this is a new horror movie coming out from ifc okay slightly interested in in this one i'll i'll probably give this a look we got dead night this is a another horror film that stars uh aj bowen and barbara crampton and uh bria grant Okay. I just caught this uh this week actually and it's it's decent. It used to be called Apple Cart. So it I think premiered at Fantastic Fest last year and was called Apple Cart then. And maybe it was at a 
some other festivals under that title, but it received a very um, negative reception and a lot of people did not like it. So they essentially retitled it and re-edited the whole movie and they expanded on some elements that I guess needed it. I didn't see the original cut. I only saw this, the new cut and it's pretty solid. It's, a, it's kind of a, it's kind of a surreal horror movie. It deals with some really, um, like there's like some witches and there's some kind of occult things happening, but, uh, that's a shit pretty title. interesting. That's a shit title though. I know. Is it, I, to, I actually pref- to go to go, decide to go with a new title and you pick dead night. It was interesting as I was watching it. Um, I think it was, I think my dad called me as I was watching this and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, well, I'm watching a movie. And he's like, oh, what, what movie? And I was like, I already forgot. I already <laughs> forgot the title. <laughs> I was like, I mean, the movie's pretty good so far, but yeah, I forgot this title. So I don't know about that one. We also have The Bleeding Edge. This is a Netflix documentary that's coming out. It's about uh, medical devices. So like the like the medical device industry. Okay. And it's uh, it's co-directed by Kirby Dick uh, and Amy Zeering. Okay. So Kirby Dick did, uh, this film was not yet rated. He did The Invisible War. Slightly interested in checking this one out. Evidently, they just this past week, they pulled this uh, specific type of uh, birth control device mm-hmm. off the market. Um, and that was sort of largely in part to the findings of this documentary. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it could be interesting. We got 14 cameras. This is another horror film. It's the sequel to 13 cameras, which camera. Yeah. There's one more camera, (laughs) one more camera. So (laughs) I don't know why that's the dumbest thing. And the funniest they, thing I've heard in quite some time. They had to get a little bit more coverage in the hallway, I think. <laughs> I hope that, like they pointed out, too. I hope there's a whole scene about the person discussing that they got an extra camera. <laughs> this is the new camera I got. If you remember, before I had 13 cameras. Now I have 14 cameras. I hope that's yeah. the whole thing in the movie. Uh, something tells me that that is not the case, but well, then it's a missed opportunity. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Well, that's uh, pretty much all we have as far as uh, theaters on VOD coming up this week. We have rock rubber 45s. This is a hip hop documentary. It, it's directed by Bobito Garcia. Okay. Who is a uh, pretty pretty big name in the old school hip hop world. He's a DJ. He pretty much does everything. I think maybe he's best known as being a DJ, but I think he was also like a basketball player, like a street baller at one point. Doing everything. Now he's making movies. Yeah. Making docs. It, it looks like it's, it says it's a cinematic odyssey exploring the connectivity of global basketball, sneaker and music lifestyle through the first-hand lens of authentic New York City culture orchestrator, Bobito Garcia. Well, that, when you put it that way, it sounds 
awful. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure about this. I mean, he gets he interviews a lot of people, like a lot of big people, but the doc itself, not not so interested in that one. That comes out on the 24th, and on the 27th we have Extinction, which is a Netflix movie. It's a some kind of science fiction action movie. Got 14 cameras. We got The Bleeding Edge, <laughs> which is also on Netflix. We have Our House. We have The Row. We have Dead Night, and it's pretty much it for VOD. So a couple couple things there that might be worth taking a look at. And then on Blu-ray coming up this week, we have In the Mouth of Madness from 1994. This is a Scream Factory release. Very excited for this one. Uh, I was a big fan of In the Mouth of Madness. Cool, cool. Yeah, solid Lovecraftian horror film. Got Ready Player One coming out on many different formats. I would recommend checking this out. I really enjoyed it. I'm actually kind of excited to to rewatch Ready Player One. I think you might even appreciate Ready Player One, Kevin. We'll see. I mean, I'm not running to to check this one out. I kind of, I forgot that, that was a thing. Oh, it's a thing. I forgot that, that was a movie. It's definitely a thing. I'll put it on the list, like 54. I'll put it at 54. All right. Which means I'll get it in two weeks. All right. Vestron is coming out with a couple things. This is the Vestron Collectors series. They're releasing Beyond Reanimator from 2003 and Dagon from 2001. Uh, yeah, I'll check those out. The Vestron... Collector series is also has always been putting out really good stuff, so I'll I'll probably pick those up. We yeah. got Memoirs of an Invisible Man coming out on Blu-ray from 1992. I was such a huge fan of that movie. Chevy Chase, great stuff. All right, what else we got here? Arrow is releasing The Navigator, a medieval odyssey. Oh hell yeah, that sounds awesome. From 1988. Should someone go back in time to medieval times? I don't I don't know anything about it, honestly. But I, I'm interested in finding out more. If, if it's that, that's a must-see. I'm very interested. We'll put it that way. Uh, Streets of Vengeance is coming out. I'm not sure. It looks like an old movie. Let's see. There's what does it say? Slasher Video? I never even heard of Slasher Video. But the cover has me intrigued. There's no synopsis available on Blu-ray.com. Yeah, I'll look into this one. Streets of Vengeance. Looks very 80s. I'm hoping that it is actually 80s and not just made to look nah. that way. You, I mean, with a title like that, it sounds like 80s. Because yeah. if it was made like nowadays, it would be called like Dead Street. <laughs> Blood yeah. Street. Something yeah. like that. Probably just, just slap the word dead or blood in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's actually pretty much it. Not a lot coming out on Blu-ray this week. Yeah. What about Criterions? Do we have any uh, Criterions coming out? Oh, we got a good one. That's uh, Powell and Pressburger's A Matter of Life and Death coming out on Blu-ray. Oh, this, yeah. movie's, this movie's great. I, I highly recommend checking this one out. I loved it. Yeah, we should have a review for this one up on the site sometime Good. this week. 
All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to feedback at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rickstraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Can we do a spoiler section real quick? Oh, you want to do a spoiler section? I mean, I just say, you definitely can. I just want to say horse people. Yeah. Yeah. So horse people. The fuck? Horse people. Uh <laughs> the fuck? that that scene the scene when he first goes in and opens he goes into like the that bathroom, I guess it is, or like shower room or whatever, and he and he finds yeah. the first horse person. Yeah. Uh yeah. Shocking to say the least. Yeah. That was that was I didn't see that. That wasn't in the trailer, you know. Uh one I don't think anything really prepares you for that. Yeah, one thing about this movie is you will never ever see that coming. <laughs> uh and, and it made it it was even more precious after Army Hammer went over the whole thing like the whole plan with the horse people and all of that stuff as like the video and like his his explaining of the horse people and how he wanted Cassius to manage the horse people and stuff (laughs) not only that he wanted him to be the Martin Luther King Jr. of the horse people the horse people that's fucking it's amazing Uh, it was just horse people horse people good uh good makeup effects on the horse people too it felt horse yeah they they looked good for um horse people if they looked good felt very old school to me it felt like uh sort of a, a 90s throwback almost with the prosthetics and stuff and then well I, and that's that's what i liked about the events of this of the of the visuals you know everything was kind of was you know essentially uh, practical where they would you know drop him into the room yeah. when he's making his phone calls and stuff <clears throat> yeah that's sort of bother you check it out horse people horse people horse horse people what the <laughs> fuck oh i love it <laughs>